Hey everyone, this amazing ESO Network show is brought to you by our fine sponsor, Amazon.com. Please remember to shop Amazon for all your geeky needs, no matter what time of the year it is. All you need to do is go to ESOPodcast.com slash ESOAmazon. Or click on the Amazon banner on the ESO Network webpage to go to our e-store. It's the best way to shop and the best way to support this program, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Okay, that's enough of me babbling for now. Now on with your regular scheduled show. Hi, this is Mark. Congratulations. You have found this amazingly awesome show. Chances are you're listening to it right now on whether it's iTunes or Stitcher Radio or some other mobile app that allows you to stream this amazingly awesome show to your ear holes. And I can't stress how awesomely amazing this show really is. But did you know that you can also catch the latest episode of this show on the Tangibound Network? That's right. Go check out tangiboundnetwork.com. You can look them up and you can listen to it right there. It's even mobile friendly. What more could you ask for? which means you can pull it up on your iPhone or your Android, even your Windows phone. Yeah, who has one of those? But still, point remains, you can do it. You can do it. Check it out, tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. Check it out. I'm Chris Farrell from the official GunnaGeek.com podcast, a proud member of the GunnaGeek Network, just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On our latest episode, Josh Peterson and I share our thoughts on the upcoming Dark Tower film, the potential of the Defenders for Netflix, and can Prey be another big hit for Bethesda? Plus, how can a movie with Tom Hanks, Emma Watson, and John Boyega fail so badly all this plus clips from the latest what about this super bs and wine women and words podcasts and what does josh think of his brand new nintendo switch it's a podcast just as yummy as a starbucks unicorn frappuccino as we reach our next stop the pcc multiverse Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glasser from Pop Culture Cosmos, and I'm here along with my good friend, the man, the myth, the legend. He is the evil genius behind Humanica Media. It's Josh Peterson. How are you, my friend? Good, good, man. I've uh, I, I picked up a Nintendo Switch this week, so I've been kind of diving into the world of Zelda a little bit. Yes, from the man who absolutely loves Nintendo. Okay, let me tell you a story though. Like I, okay, so I was at Target and they had two sitting on the shelf, and I felt like I don't know. It's like this weird impulse. I was like, you know, everybody wants this right now, so if I picked it up, then <laughs> that's just one less that everybody else can have. Well, this is true, but everybody really wants the NES console, the mini. That's what they want the most, because those suckers still go for 
five, six, seven times their value. Now, if you had one of those, then we're talking. But the Switch, it's still great demand. GameStop just recently reported that they still cannot keep them in stock throughout an entire business day. So it still is very strong. Well over 2 million sold, closing in on 3 million. Uh, Zelda is also closing in on 3 million as well, sales worldwide. So it's definitely tracking at or near Wii sales. In some places, it's even tracking even higher. So... That being the case, uh, how do you like it so far? Uh, is it is it working out as far as you know the, the, from playing Zelda, the online system? Just let's get some general thoughts on Nintendo Switch from one Josh Peterson. I haven't played. I haven't like tried any of the online stuff. I you know I logged in, created my profile. I've been playing. I haven't even played it like uh, on my TV yet. I didn't know that the the console basically is that. Uh, you know the the pad with the Joy Cons attached to it. I thought that it was. I thought that the charger charging station was the actual like console itself, and the the thing was just like the uh, you know if you want to go like another controller. But no, I, so far I like I I like. I don't know what I'm gonna do with it once I finish playing Zelda, just because I you know there's not a lot out for it. But Zelda looks great for for a game that's on a cartridge. Zelda looks really. It's a really beautiful game, and it. Kind of takes me back to uh, those JRPGs I used to play as a kid, like Legend of Lagaya, Fantasy Star, stuff like that. It's it's you know it's fun. It's a little walk down memory lane, I guess. Well, I've been thinking about it for the past few days as far as the sales for Nintendo Switch, and it just reinforces you know some of the things that that Nintendo does because we we every week we scratch our heads at the decisions that Nintendo makes each and every time that they go and make something that, uh, oh, I don't know, that we would question. Like, for instance, last week we were talking about the 2DS XL and, and why that's even in existence, why they got rid and rid of and discontinued the NES mini console. Uh, just decisions like that. They they didn't get into the uh, the mobile mobile market as soon as they, as they should have, things like that. But they make these puzzling decisions year after year after year but it doesn't always pan out against them i mean yes it hurt them when it came to the wii u but then again their shipments weren't as prevalent as they should have been for the wii but look at that that sold over 100 million units here again that uh, you know they're making mistake after mistake after mistake and it just reported now that they're actually having to fly the unit and that it's costing them greatly because of it up to you know almost 50 dollars a box is, is actually going on on just flying and freight that to me is just, you know, it's great that they're trying to do what they can for their fans, but still, you know, these little things add up over time, but you would think that, that Nintendo would be worse off because of it. But I tell you what, Hey, right now it's working for them. The switch is a wanted product. It's supported by the Nintendo fan base in full. Obviously it has a great, you know, uh, capabilities as far as uh, from the portable standpoint, yes, it's underpowered. Yes, it's a little overpriced still, but but you see it as, as something as, as something that you like to play, and provided that the software down the line supports it, hey, it's no problem. But then again, the third-party software has never been a great strong attribute of the Nintendo systems. It's been always about the first party, correct? Yeah, that's kind of Nintendo's strong point. You know, you have your, your Mario's, your Zelda's, your Star Fox, your Metroid's. I think that's going to be a lot of the the key 
components to the success of the Nintendo Switch. Because uh, honestly, like a lot of these indie games that are out, or a lot of like these these ports that are coming out, if you haven't played already played them on another console, you're probably not going to play them. I mean, if you're if you're one of those people that has a Switch and just wants something to do, he'll go out and pick up like the Binding of Isaac or uh, you know Elder Scrolls or whatever you whatever when they come out, but. Uh, Nintendo is very reliant on first party game or first party developers, and it's you know it it seems to work for them. I mean, they if the Nintendo Switch is this popular and they only have a Zelda and Mario Kart out, it's just you know people people will continue to buy it. It would seem, and it looks like that's correct. And even a general consumer base seems to be adapting to this quite nicely, and the interest is high as opposed to the Wii U, which in many ways had the same type of marketing strategy and, and even the Wii to some extent where they could only focus on their games. You know, we had tons of third party software and shovelware, but really when it comes down to how many third party software titles do you remember from the Wii? Not many, right? It's just mainly all first party software that, that everybody cares about when it comes to Nintendo. So it seems like in this case, it's, the demand is high, and it's going to stay high for at least some time to come. It's been two, three months now closing in on as far as the Switch being out, and it definitely looks like something that, that people will be wanting long-term. And and if that's the case, you know, watch out, you know, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Even though you're a better value at this point in time, still people seem to like what Nintendo's offering at this point in time. Now that you have it, what what kind of future holds for it for you as far as what do you want to see going forward? I yeah I'd like to play uh, yeah I'd I just like to see like something good like that's that's outside of the uh, you know their their Super Mario fran- all their I want to see something outside of their normal franchises maybe like a new IP uh, coming to Switch that will make me remain interested in it because as soon as I finish Zelda like I'll probably play Mario Kart and maybe the uh, but Mario, what's the Mario, uh, the, whatever the new one is that's coming out? But, oh, Super Mario Odyssey? Yeah, Super Mario Odyssey. But beyond that, like, I don't see myself playing it that much. And that's the thing that concerns me. That, that was what I thought after I bought it. I just, I don't know what I'm going to do with it when I finish oh, these okay. games. I bought it. Now what, right? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. So I, they just, I really hope that they have something that pulls me into it. Maybe at E3, they'll bust out some sort of, uh, you know, new new IP or a uh, you know a port of something that I actually would want to play. Like who I is you know as far as like but they're Elder not going to have a presentation per se. They're they're going to have probably some treehouse type event and and maybe show off some stuff because I believe they still might have some presence there of of course. But you know they're not even going to have a formal presentation like uh, you know Sony announced theirs today. Uh, you know, Microsoft is going to have theirs beforehand, Bethesda, EA, whatnot. But uh, Nintendo, again, is bucking the trend. And it seems to these days not cost them one bit when they buck the trend and go in a different direction and marketing wise. Right. I See, I don't understand Nintendo. I don't necessarily like Nintendo, but whatever they're doing, people, I guess they, they have this way of like making things scarce that makes people want to buy their stuff or they'll only release like a limited amount and people keep eating it up. And I don't understand how that works, but you know what the future holds for the switch is anybody's guess right now. I've been won over as far as the interest in the, in the switch. And like I said, to me, it's, it's overpriced and it's underpowered. 
do I still want one? I'm kind of leaning on it. I'm, I'm more to the point where I'm leaning towards getting one at some point in time, as opposed to the Wii U where I was always on the fence because I just didn't ever see enough. But with the Switch, you know, you see the potential future for it. And, and now I think that a lot of people are going to be able to, to get behind it uh, as far as from a third-party standpoint. So at least there's going to be a lot of games that people recognize that are on there. And the fact that it's more portable, obviously, than the other units that are out there and available makes it more attractive. And with the fall of the Vita and the 3DS and 2DS at some point becoming so antiquated that it's going to go bye-bye at some point in time, the Switch may be the most attractive portable device out there it's and you know for some you know in some sort of fashion so definitely looking forward to that indeed if everyone out there has their thoughts on the nintendo switch now that josh has one we can always uh, uh share thoughts right here on the show give us a holler popculturecosmos at yahoo.com plus humanity media pop culture cosmos and game source on facebook and twitter and while we're on the subject of humanity media Mr. Josh, what is going on with the wonderful world of Humanica Media? Yeah, well, we have the a new Super BS going coming at you this week. Um, I was approached by one of the guys that does the What About This podcast, and they want to do he 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 assembled some people, and he wants to do a comic book based uh, podcast, which is all you know, well and good, but it's just one more thing I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm going to have to schedule time for, and you know, it's, it's not a bad thing, I guess, but just, did you tell him my golden rule when it comes to podcasting? What's that? You got to stick to it. Yeah. Yeah. Or I mean, don't that, do it or the, stick to it or don't do it. That's what I said. I'm like, you got to make sure the guys that you get to do this are willing to not just say they'll do it, but commit to it because I have the, I have like all the podcasts right now. I, I promote them myself. Like nobody else really helps me get word out there. So, uh, you know, I, I just, I would like, if I do more podcasts, I would like people to actually put the effort into it to get more eyes and ears on it. Exactly. I mean, when I see it, I help share it uh, when it goes out there, but I know I, I see the work that you put in into, into sharing as far as the, all the wonderful podcasts you you've got out there and check it out. Humanica media on Facebook. You'll see it on pop culture, cosmos game source, the best video games of the year Facebook page. You'll also see it on the NU Herald Facebook page. And also you may even see it as well on the Gamer Protection Guild Facebook page as well. So it's going to be another great episode out there for us uh, from the PCC Multiverse. We truly appreciate you being part of the broadcast. We're one of the top 10 shows on the podcast radio network each and every Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, right here on the podcast radio network. Remember also as well, if you cannot catch us live or you cannot catch us on the podcast radio network, you can always download our shows, both the Pop Culture Cosmos show, which is the number one show on the podcast radio network, every Monday night, 10.30 Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific, and then also this show as well, you can download it on Google Play, iTunes, of course, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podcast.com, Mixcloud, the ESO Network, the Tangibound Network, and the Gunna Geek Network as well. So when we return, we just want to go ahead and, and play a little bit from the latest 
Super BS Gamescast with the man himself right here. He'll be on there coming up right after the break. This is the PCC Multiverse. Hey everyone, if you're in the Southern California area and are looking for the best way to improve your home, look no further than adding some always green synthetic grass today. Whether it's creating that awesome backyard that's kid and pet friendly, or that putting green to work on your golf game, Always Green provides installation and landscaping with only American-made products, such as their famous synthetic turf with advanced drainage technology and backed by a 15-year warranty that will have your yard looking great for a very long time. Always Green also installs retaining walls, custom lighting and driveways, and the most beautiful stone walkways. So if you live in the Southern California area, what are you waiting for? Financing is also available, so call for a free estimate today. 714-614-7814. That's 714-614-7814. Or stop by their store at 16772 Wanda Circle in Huntington Beach. And get your home looking great with Always Green Synthetic Turf and Putting Greens. A proud sponsor of Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanican Media, and the PCC Multiverse Channels. The guys from the Super BS Games cast are back sharing their thoughts on the gaming world. It's funny because you have some games where they spend a lot of money like on the game itself and then they run out of money for the voice acting so they, they get their like, brother. The, <laughs> yeah, the yes. bottom of the barrel of voice actors and just get this terrible Right, so but then then I wonder though so, sometimes because it's like that consistently happens. Like with like Tales games, they have terrible voice acting. Well, uh, which is our favorite game series. Yeah. Tales, of Tales of Brazaria. Yeah. Um, um, well, but uh, it's like the acting is always so bad, but it's also so like appropriately anime, yeah. like for yeah. for dubbed anime. And I wonder if like bad acting is like they try to find like that. They like, want that. Like that's bad? like that's Let's standard. <laughs> that's yeah. why yeah. we should actually. Record our voices. Uh, No, they actually have a game coming out called Xanadu or something like that. I found this casting called... Xanadu's an old game. Yeah, so they're remaking it. Really? And they're doing... If you want, which is really, really funny, you can actually be a voice in the game. You just send like a a voice sample and... So that's why we are going to... They're looking for the worst voice actors you can. Boom, right here. So I'm going to do it and I'm going to be like... Oh, don't potty. Just, I'm pretty yeah. sure Xanadu's like an old anime. Uh, I mean, not an old anime, an old RPG. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yes. and and it chooses like they give you like the voice types they're looking for, and then they give you a like a line to say and the amount. It's really funny. I actually looked into doing it, and then I got super lazy. But it's still. Is there still screenshots terrible? of this remake? I'm trying to look for it right now. Oh, uh, there's screenshots of the voice acting. It's called like Xanadu. Do you know who's doing a lot of good voice acting in anime and video games right now? Is Lena Headley from Lord uh, Game of Why Thrones? Why is she in? That stuff. I don't know, but she's like... What happened to her? That's the Super BS Cast, available today on Humanica Media's Facebook and YouTube channels. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back. Truly appreciate everyone listening to us out there. You can download us on our Pop Culture Cosmos channels on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, 
podcast.com, Mixcloud, the ESO Network, the Tangent Mountain Network, and the Gun and Geek Network as well. So it was a great weekend again for the Fate and the Furious hitting number one. It, it, it's still falling, but it's still doing great business overseas. It's garnered over $850 million overseas alone. It is the number one film all time as far as in China from an outside source, meaning it's not a homegrown product. It's just truly amazing what it's doing. It's doing pretty good here in the United States as well, although not nearly as what it was in, in, you know, as far as compared to, to a number seven is concerned. But then you have a movie that, that really didn't quite match up to what expectations were at. And what I want to ask you is, if you have a movie that has Tom Hanks, Red Hot star from Beauty and the Beast, Emma Watson, and Red Hot star from Star Wars The Force Awakens, John Boyega, would you not have a hit? Yeah, you'd think. Well, we're talking about the, the Circle, right? Was that the movie? Yes, that was The Circle. It actually finished number four at the domestic box office this past weekend. Actually surprises uh, smaller films such as How to Be a Latin Lover and Bahubali 2, The Conclusion. One of the the great India projects that's come out that's not a Bollywood feature, but that's actually a a great uh, film from India in its own right. That came out to in only 425 theaters. That finished ahead of The Circle. So I ask you, in regards to The Circle, which if people didn't get a chance to check it out out there, it's a movie based off of uh, Silicon Valley company you know, having this technology that can that can spy and control, you know, drones and control electronics and spy on everybody in the world and as far as, you know, control and whatnot. So I ask you, what went wrong with the circle? I think it's two things. I think one that there people are still interested in seeing Fast Eight. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. I, I kind of do still want to see it. I'm, I've been actually going through the whole catalog of fast movies, as you could probably tell from my uh social media posting but oh uh, yes and <laughs> um but yeah and also i think that the circle is oh actually you're watching it through one quarter mile at a time one quarter and for those uh two hours or less i'm wasting my time um i think with the circle uh, i think it's a topic that people are kind of tired of like how many movies have we seen or have not seen but how many movies have been released lately that revolve around uh privacy and the internet and le- divulging secrets you know we have what this the snowden movie and there's been there, you know there's been others i can't the emmett i just emmett, don't think it's a subject that people really are interested in because the snowden movie didn't do well yeah exactly and you had was the you had the one with you know, cumberbatch and whatever before that but um oh yeah yeah that one but that one got crit- more critical acclaim than it actually did because it was actually a smaller feature but yes uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's uh, film where he, yeah, he was the WikiLeaks movie. Yeah, exactly. And so it's been done. It, it was done well with Cumberbatch. And I think that it's just a topic that it doesn't matter how many, like, you know, quote unquote stars you throw into it. People, they're not going to want to see it. It's, just, it's been done. It's not, and especially like during the season of summer blockbusters, you have Fast and the Furious and people are waiting to see Guardians of the Galaxy. It's just not something that, that's going to draw that much attention. Maybe it'll hit gold on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever, but it's just, it's not the right season for a movie like that. You know, 
Uh, definitely. It just seemed like it was um, maybe something because it's geared toward a certain age group. I think I, I don't think uh, millennials are going to see it. I think it's geared toward a little bit older audience. I think they want millennials to see it, but I have news for them. I don't think they'll want to see it. I think uh, even with Emma Watson and John Boyega in it, uh, I think if anybody's going to be driving this film at this point in time, it's Tom Hanks, but, and, and an older crowd would want to see that, but all the older crowd doesn't even want to see him in that type of environment as far as maybe approaching that subject. Cause it just doesn't seem very interesting to the public at large. And it may be to a small core of the universe, as far as uh, those that, that are really familiar with that type of technology and what it can do. But, but for the average individual, it just seems like they're not interested in, in, in understanding more about that type of technology, maybe controlling every bit and aspect of their lives. So it just didn't seem like that the people or audiences were going to go for it. And it, it came out to tepid reviews, came out to even, you know, a more tepid interest by the fans out there. Goes to show you can have the, the some of the hottest stars in the world. You can have one of the best actors, you know, in the history of Hollywood uh, behind it. And you can still just, throw out a, a big old turd right there, right in the middle of the screen. I think that also goes to the point that they're, they're not using these actors. I'm, I'm reading a review right now and it talks about the, from uh, Glenn Kenny of the New York times. And he is quoted by saying, Emma Watson has to spend way too much time looking concerned while staring at screens. And it's like, you can have really great actors in a movie, but if you're not utilizing them, if you're not using their talents, their strong points, it's just not going to be something that interests people. Like you know, I love Emma Watson, and I think she's beautiful, but, like, I don't want to stare at her while she stares at a screen. That's just not that's not interesting to me, you know? Oh, I'm sorry. I was staring at a screen. <laughs> I was wondering what you were doing. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for you to know this, but it's okay. Anyways. No, I'm officially unsubscribing to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Oh, <laughs> man. Done. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, it was kind of uh, disappointing because it it, through every every you know review and, and thought about it, it just seemed like it was uh, it would have been a better use of three actors like of, of the stature that they are to put them in a better environment, maybe a little bit better landscape as far as like, but maybe it's a easy paycheck for each. Maybe it's because of a, a tight shooting schedule. Maybe it didn't take long to film. Uh, didn't seem like it's a huge budget film because I think the production budget is somewhere under 20 million. So that's good as far as SDX won't take too much of a bath on it. But it's definitely not exactly the greatest use of, of Tom Hanks, John Boyega, and certainly Emma Watson as well. What are your thoughts out there as I'm staring out into the universe, just like uh, Emma Watson did uh, <laughs> on the circle? Uh, were you, you know, if you've seen it, were you disappointed by it? Or is the subject matter as far as the film itself really not of interest to you? And, and do you think it's something that, that Hollywood should actually pursue as far as more stories in the future, or they should just ditch it entirely? Let us know your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanic and Media, and Game Source on Facebook and Twitter. When we come back, we're going to be talking a little bit about Josh's favorite company in the whole entire world, once again, because once again, they've done it again. It's Nintendo, and we're going to talk more about another head-scratching move that they made again. Coming up next. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. 
2017 is a pinnacle year for Rob McCallum Films. Coming off the heels of the internationally acclaimed and award-winning documentary Missing Mom, we're in the final stages to release Kitty, Origins and Evolutions. Check out this heavy metal biopic that explores the ups and downs of rock and roll for the women in Kitty who blazed a trail in the music industry in the face of unthinkable adversity. Kitty, Origins and Evolutions releases this year from Rob McCallum Films. 2017 is the year to set your future on fire. The ladies from the Wine Women Awards are back with some great TV shows originating from the literary world. One of the things that happens, and one of the theory things that um, Neil presents in the book, is that when the people when people come to another country, like America, for example, they bring their they not only bring their culture with them, but they bring their religion with them. When they bring their religion with them, they bring these gods with them. So these gods are here in America, and um, it's a total trip, and it's it's just so well done, and I'm so blown away by it every time I watch it, and I can't wait for Sunday um, when the next episode comes out. I, yeah, I've started um, mastering the art of reading more than one book at once. I I used to only be able to read one book at a time because I hated mixing storylines. But so I'm reading two right now. I'm reading The Undesirables and I'm reading The Circle. Mm-hmm. Um, or as much of it as, as you can read since uh, River got to it? Yeah, I ordered a new one. I actually have to check the mail because I think it was supposed to get here today. <laughs> um, and that one, I mean, I won't get it. It's, it's an interesting book. It's like... It would be a really interesting discussion. But um, so I think I might have to start reading American Gods too. Yes. And then I picked up Tender is the Night at the used bookstore that I went to today. So we're going to give Scott a little, uh, we're going to give him a try and let's see how he is. That's the Wine Women Awards podcast, now available on YouTube, podcast.com, and TuneIn. And we're back with the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glasser from Pop Culture Cosmos. I'm here along with my good friend. He's the man amid the legend from Humanic Media. It's Josh Peterson. We truly appreciate you being part of... Uh, the broadcast here today, and thanks so much for being part of the PCC Multiverse. We uh, just want to make sure we give a shout-out to our sponsors, Always Green Synthetic Turf and Putting Greens. If you are in the Los Angeles or Orange County areas, give them a call, Always Green Synthetic Turf and Putting Greens. And I just want to also give a great shout-out to our good friend Rob McCallum from Rob McCallum Films. If you want to check out all the great stuff he's doing, including – Nintendo Quest, the hit documentary. Now, get this, Josh. I don't know if you saw this the other day, what I posted, is that I found Nintendo Quest on a Sony platform. Exactly. Yeah, he just, you know, I, I know everybody else out there is like, uh, what? That's right. Nintendo Quest can now be seen in its entirety, free of charge, on Crackle. That's right, which is owned by Sony, of course. And you can also see Nintendo Quest on Comic-Con 
HQ, and you can get a free trial there with all the other great stuff that they're doing on that channel as well. So check it out, Nintendo Quest. It is one of the best documentaries you will ever see, either on video games or in general. It is just an awesome experience to be indeed. And if you want to check out any of other Rob McCallum stuff, it's robmccallumfilms.com. And then also our great friends here in Southern Nevada, for me, it's Retro City Games. Uh, Doug and Nicole just do a great job as far as providing answers to all your retro gaming questions because they are the leaders in gaming in Southern Nevada. Another awesome Stephen King adaptation coming around the corner, and that is The Dark Tower. And I know you got a chance, Josh, to see what The Dark Tower is all about. The heavily rumored, you know, the the first trailer that was, you know, supposedly leaked and, and it got out there. And I'll tell you what, it's looking real sweet to me. But someone who's not as familiar to the universe of Dark Tower as I am, enlighten everybody out there what the Dark Towers are all about and why you're excited to see it come this August. The Dark Tower is what Stephen King calls his magnum opus. It was inspired by a mixture of the Lord of the Rings and uh, old Clint Eastwood movies. So it's, it, it's, it's a really cool concept. Uh, it, you, you know, the books have been out for a while. You just gave me this image of Dirty Harry blowing away Frodo. That's pretty much, I mean, you know, in a way, in a way. <laughs> Go ahead. Just make my day. Just drop the ring. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's, it, it's a great, you know, it's a great book series. It's, um, th- there's eight books. One of them's a kind of a, a side story and there's a, a comic book series. So what, from what I understand about the movie, it's, uh, you know, they, they haven't specified whether it's a sequel or just a, an ima- a reimagining of the book series. And uh, Stephen King himself has said that, you know, he's been very vague about it. If you actually read the books, you can probably, uh, you know, I don't want to spoil anything, so I won't. But, um, yeah, and uh, from what I understand, they're making a television series, too, based on Roland's life before uh, the events of the movie. So we'll see. I, I hope they that they make more than one. But the trailer, let's get everybody up to speed at least a little bit when it comes to the boy, people thinking he's crazy because the boy is having these images in our world, and yet there's an alternate universe, which is very desolate, which looks like it's been destroyed. Uh, Then there's a battle between the gunslinger and the man in black. Get everybody at least a little bit up to speed on exactly what all that's about, because the trailer itself, the imagery was great, and it really brought me in and introduce me, but it makes me want to find out more. And, and if you could help our audience as far as where's that leading to it, what do you think? I mean, cause obviously it's not going to go step by step with the book. Yeah. See that, that's the confusing part where this takes place in the book series, but uh, you know, the imagery in the trailer. So you have the dark tower and all the be like, there's a part in the trailer. We see the beams shooting off the dark tower. So the dark tower is basically what holds the universe together. So they're like worlds that layer on top of each other. So as you saw in the book, you saw the, the young, the, the kid, Jake, um, he goes through a portal that basically takes him into this place called Midworld, which is the world that's like in, that's the gunslinger's world. And the gunslinger's world has been, uh, has been destroyed by uh, the Crimson King, which is the, the, the main baddie. So, uh, you know, Roland has to, who's played by Idris Elba, and he just looks, any doubts that I had about whether or not he could play that character are just completely gone because he looked 
fantastic in that movie. Just the, his acting, he seems like he's doing it with confidence. He can play the character really well. So but, what is the man in black who's played by Matthew McConaughey? What is his interest as far as destroying Midworld and then maybe jumping over into our realm? So Matthew McConaughey's character is, he's like one of those people who like, you know, they want to be on the, the winning side of history. So Matthew McConaughey is the man in black and he's a, a wizard, I guess. He's like, um, like Sauron in Lord of the Rings. So he's a deceitful wizard and he's responsible for the deaths of Roland's, uh, the gunslingers, uh, you know, his people, like he brought them down and he's the one who he's helping the Crimson King bring about the destruction of Midworld and the dark tower itself. And if the dark tower falls, every world that's attached to the dark tower, including, I guess the one that we live in would be destroyed in the process. So I ask you uh, your thoughts on the trailer as a whole. Do you think it, it spoke too much? I think it just told a generic basic roundabout way and get to give people initial feel of it. And I know there's, a lot of people who are not familiar with the Dark Tower series, like I am, as much as I, they should be, but who might be brought into this. So, so your thoughts initially on the trailer as a whole, as a way of getting people more interested in the Dark Tower product? I think it looks great. I'm I'm really excited about it. I was weary about um, you know them adapting this book series because there's you know at first there's going to be like three movies and a TV show, and it's just there's so much junk down the line but like i hope they develop this into a franchise but um yeah i'm I'm really excited about it. i think it looks great it's hard to to take the story of the dark tower novels and put them into words like the, the trailer i there there's gonna i i hope if they did it justice that there's gonna be a lot more uh beef to the story tell the story when the movie actually comes out and it, it's kind of weird don't you think that they would that they waited this long to release the trailer. That's the one thing that I'm weary about is that it's not going to be as good as we're all hoping because it took them so long to get the trailer to us because the movie's coming out in like three months. That's correct. It is, well, you've talked about it before and past episodes that it is pretty much the only thing that's going to be happening in the month of August. It is the major movie event of August and which, you know, we sort of chided the month, rest of the month of August on, but I, I agree. This could be the fact that, it, yeah, it's going to be the only major movie event of, of August, but it's still, like you said, didn't get enough time maybe for it to be introduced to audiences. I think the, if they've come up with something clean by let's say Super Bowl weekend and they should have shown it at the Super Bowl, that would have been a good time. Cause that's a six month layer right there. Now you've got a three-month window to introduce audiences. Now you're going to do have to do a heavy marketing blitz and, and tap into a lot of other movies as far as to show your trailer with, correct? Right, and what I'm hoping doesn't happen is we have another uh, John Carter marketing fiasco on our hands where we have this potentially great story that gets just crushed beneath uh, you know bad reviews because it wasn't marketed properly. If you have any thoughts out there on the Dark Tower, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also get a hold of us on Humanic Media, PopCultureCosmos, and GameSource on Facebook and Twitter. When we come back, we're going to be talking a little bit about the next upcoming video game that's coming on the schedule here very, very quickly. And let's talk a little pray. And are we going to pray that it's going to be a great title? Well, let's find out and see. We'll share our thoughts on the latest video game coming out right after the break. 
This is the PCC Multiverse. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back with the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glasser from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source, along with my good friend, the man, the myth, the legend behind Humanican Media, Josh Peterson. Once again, we appreciate everyone listening out there. If you get a chance, also as well, we've got our Monday show on the Podcast Radio Network. It is the number one show, and we truly appreciate you listening out there in such great numbers. It's the Pop Culture Cosmos show every Monday night, 1030 Eastern, 730 p.m. Pacific on the Podcast Radio Network. And both of our shows are available to be downloaded anytime on all those different outlets I was talking about earlier, like Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podcast.com, Mixcloud, ESO Network, the Tangibound Network, and the Gunning Geek Network as well. And when you download our shows, you will always get, well, actually, we're going to try to keep it that way. May not always, but on, on as many as we can, we download an extra bonus episode from Humanican Media. It could be Rob McCallum's films, podcast. It could be uh, something from the Wine, Women, and Words. It could be something from Game Source. Any one of those entities, every single time, when you download the PCC Multiverse or the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. Well, Friday is not only a big day because the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is coming out to theaters nationwide. And uh, on our next episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos, Josh and I will have our thoughts on the actual movie as a whole, and we'll know some numbers. If you know exactly, pretty much get a good idea exactly where the movie is going to be heading box office wise, plus our thoughts and and also we'll gauge as well the word of mouth as well on that episode. But also on Friday, we've got a little title coming out from major software maker Bethesda. It's Prey. It's a reimagining of the mid-2000s video game for the Xbox and uh, uh, PlayStation 3, I believe, as well. But uh, it's not going to be based off of, of Indian mythology or anything of that nature. It's It's quite different. Got more of a horror beat to it. Josh, I know you've been taking a look into the game very closely. I know you've actually spent some time with it, and, and you're going to be actually uh, taping some uh, you know, uh, footage as far as you being playing, going through the game and whatnot. So what are your initial thoughts on the game known as Prey? I don't know what to think about it, honestly. Like it's From what I've read about it, it's you know they're trying to be like a – basically every, every review that I've read so far – or, you know, people who have played the game have compared it to Bioshock. And if it's anything like Bioshock, that might be a good thing. But I'm curious what what they're doing with the property. Because I know that, uh, I, I, I don't know, did you play the original one on Xbox 360? I did get a chance to sit down with it for a little bit. Uh, I thought it was a really kind of cool game. It wasn't the greatest game I ever played around that time. But definitely was a, a unique game. Uh, it had a different slant to it. I, I really liked the mythology that was put into there. Uh, the fact that N- Native Americans were treated with a semblance of respect, or the, I thought, anyways, 
was was really good that aspect as far as you know the way it went and i thought it was a really good way that that you know bethesda was going in a good direction and i thought the follow-up when prey was first announced it looked like it was going to be like a sci-fi uh bounty hunter type game and actually you know feed into that original prey even more but they decided to go back to the drawing board and create something as far as a futuristic thriller slash horror game. So, so I, my question to you is, do you think this was the right move for, for Bethesda? Because like, like I said, the E3, they, uh, you know, a few years ago, they showed a different version of this game before they went back to the drawing board, which a lot of people were like very concerned about. So is this something that you think was a right move overall? At this point, I think so, because they, it, it's been far too long for them to because at, at, to, they own the property so it, and it's been far too long since the last game came out that it's you know th- this is really the only way forward with this franchise because I don't think that you're you know if they were to have made prey 2 it would have looked cool and it would have had like some a lot of hardcore fans playing it but it wouldn't have been able to bring in more people because the first game is so old that you know you wouldn't have young kids going out to buy it just to see what's going on with the story so I think it, it kind of at this point in you know in the in time it was a probably the the correct move to uh, reboot the series and it looks good it looks like uh, it reminds me of Dead Space a lot so I'm I'm excited to, to play it I've I've been reading a lot of reviews trying to keep up with it watching the videos I have it pre ordered so I will um, I'll, I'll have some videos up that everyone can watch here soon I just hope it's like I said it's going to be a game worth playing. That's what I'm hoping for. It seems to be trending in that right direction. What are your thoughts out there as far as, have you seen some footage already on Prey? And, and are you gearing up for the title? Are you going to be able to get that on your list? Do you, do you something do you want to play right away? Or is it something that maybe you want to wait and see how it transpires with, with word of mouth and also sales and critical wise as well? Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, Humanican Media. Game Source, and Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook and Twitter as well. Well, when we return, it's going to be the What About This podcast. And before we head to the break, can you set up the latest What About This podcast? The great audience out there can get a little bit of better picture on exactly what's going on in this clip coming up from What About This podcast. Right. So this episode revolves around the controversy about the 13 Reasons Why series on Netflix and whether when it's appropriate for suicide to be used in art and entertainment and whatnot. Um, you know, the, the big, there, there's a lot of uh, people aren't too happy with the way that suicide is being portrayed in the show. And I, I'm, I'm personally one of those people, but we sit around and we actually have a, a debate about it. And, you know, there's all kinds of different sides. You get to hear some stories like my own experiences with depression and Kyle's experiences with therapy and whether or not it works is the, there's a lot of good stuff. This is probably the, the deepest topic that has been explored in What About This? And, you know, it's available now on Podbean. We'll be play a clip in a few minutes. Uh, yeah, check it out. So you're, so you're saying the Beatles versus Nirvana wasn't the deepest conversation you guys have? Probably not, but, uh, you know, that one that one was pretty good, too. It's Because uh, you, you said know. there was some blood spillage there. Oh, oh. That, okay, so that was intense. That was an intense podcast. This one was more like <laughs> intellectual, I guess. Fair enough. You know, that's <laughs> but it's a great subject matter indeed because it's very topical. Obviously, thirteen reasons why was 
uh, you know, something that that's been brought up and a lot of parents, a lot of, a lot of kids out there are watching it. A lot of parents are, are concerned about the content of it. And, and definitely it's bringing a lot of issues to the forefront in regards to depression, suicide, and what have you. So it's definitely topical indeed. And right after the break, uh, you will be listening to a segment from that podcast indeed. So it's something to look forward to. And that's the What About This podcast available on Podbean. Also as well, iTunes as well, podcast.com. Is that correct? And YouTube, of course, as well. And then also the Pop Culture Cosmos and Humanican Media Facebook pages. And then you never know. Well, actually, it might even show up as a on the back end of one of our upcoming podcasts, maybe even this one as well. You'll have to check and see if it's going to be a bonus podcast coming up right here on the PCC Multiverse. Hey, everyone. Venture into the pop culture cosmos today, where you'll hear our conversations on different topics within the world of movies, TV, video games, comic books, technology, board gaming, and more. You'll also get a taste of some of our other shows within the cosmos as well. So come on and join us each week as we delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. Every Monday night, 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Pacific, on the Podcast Radio Network. And now, here's a clip from the What About This podcast from Humanican Media. Again, their intent? Right. Their intent is like, I'm trying somehow, but they also don't know how. Right, And why don't they know how? It's not their fault necessarily. So no no one's talking about these things up here. So the masses are just trying to like... Yeah, dude, I know my lizard died. You're like, oh, what? Your lizard, like my human just died. And so, <laughs> so you kind of go like, I think you missed it. And But even that person, that person has to, again, this is a coach, I was like, understand that the masses don't know how to deal with it. And right? I, think, I think what we need to do, um, I think what we need to be able to do is just when we're confronted with something like this, like cancer, suicide, like people who've gone through it, death, I think we need to be okay saying like, you know, I'm sorry. I don't know what to say right now. Like, I literally, I, there's nothing I can say that's going to make this better. I don't know what to say because it's a really difficult situation. I'm just going to sit here with you. Like, and I'm so, just going to sit here so and be with a you. A lot of time, when I was in a really, I'm not comparing this to suicide, uh, but when I was in a really thick battle of OCD, yeah, um, and it, I mean, emotionally, it really was bothering me. Yeah, I would talk to people. And most times, I there there were some people that they would just start going, they would start going on and on. And so, uh, I loved that they were trying to help me. But I would tell some people, I said, "I'm going to tell you some things that are going on in my mind, and really, all I need is for you to tell me that I'm normal and that I'm okay." That's the What About This podcast available now on Humanica Media on YouTube, Podbean, and Facebook. And we're back to close out the show. This is the PCC Multiverse. My name is Gerald Glasser from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate you listening to us out there. Once again, Monday night, check us out, our Pop Culture Cosmos show, which is the number one rated show, the number one rated program on the podcast radio network. We truly appreciate it. It's every Monday night, 1030 Eastern, 730 p.m. Pacific. Also as well, catch it on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Podcast.com, Mixcloud, ESO Network, the Tangibound Network, and the Gun Geek Network as well. And I also want to give out a shout out to everyone out there that helps provide content and also good things towards us. 
this podcast. You know, for instance, like Humanica Media, of course. Thank you to Josh and everybody who partakes in it. Uh, Hyperschmidt, Plasma Z, Mario Party Wars, Rob McCallum Films, Retro City Games, a number of great people out there. Wine Women Awards, the wrestling podcast about nothing, the great show on Tuesday nights on the Podcast Radio Network. Also, as well, the TV ratings guides are good friends. We're going to be talking to them here in the near future as well. So definitely looking forward to that need. And everybody else who's helped make the Pop Culture Cosmos show and the PCC Multiverse such a such a, a widely listened to product. We just truly appreciate you doing that indeed and all your help that you've given us. So I thought we'd close out the show on something that Josh really enjoys talking about, and that's comic book characters and comic book heroes. No need for, we're not talking about Captain America this time, so don't worry. So we're not talking about the Secret Wars or anything like that. We had a heavy discussion on that on our previous Pop Culture Cosmos show, and check that out as far as the future of the comic book industry is concerned. But Netflix is at it again with Marvel and the Marvel Universe with the Defenders. And I know Josh has got a chance to check out the Defenders start to, I guess, wage their battle to save New York from Sigourney Weaver and, and all the henchmen that you can throw a stick at. So I ask you, your thoughts on the Defenders so far, and do you think it's going to be another big hit for Netflix and the Marvel Universe? Yeah, I think so. I, I don't... Did you like that jab at Iron Fist? Yeah, that's, but I think that's a healthy jab. I, I liked Iron Fist. I don't know why everyone keeps saying you know it's the worst of the show when it's the most de- it's the most streamed show on Netflix right now. So it, it's hard for them to like. I don't understand where this is coming from. Maybe people are watching because they think it's bad, but if that's the case, they wouldn't be watching it from the first episode to the last episode. But as, as far as the jab in the Defenders trailer goes, I think it's good because in the comic books, uh, Iron Fist and Luke Cage are actually really good friends, and they have that. Uh, you know, younger brother, big brother, no pun intended, uh, dynamic between the two of them. And it, it looks, it looks fun. Honestly, like I'm, I'm, I think it looks cool. Like Sigourney Weaver. I wish I knew more about what her character was. And I hope that it's not just, you know, Electra is the bad guy because that's, that's daredevil story. Let's, let's keep those two separate. That's what I'm hoping that she'll just be like a side character, but you know, it's, it's the, the trail, the trail looks good. I, it looks like they, you know, the, we don't have to worry about that awkward, uh, you know, team bonding like they had in Avengers, you know, when everyone first started out and they hated each other. Iron Man was being a jerk to everyone. It looks like these guys are just, they're all sarcastic to each other and they just kind of jump right into that scene. So I, I well, they, but they had some, you know, blending as far as it's concerned beforehand to set up the defenders. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. And again, you know, we have crossovers. Nick Cage was in Jessica Jones, uh, they alluded to Daredevil and the other shows, but Luke Cage and Jessica Jones are the only two characters who have actually come across each other and met each other. And uh, I, I think that like every show that's been on Netflix has brought a piece of the Defenders together, whether it's from the villain standpoint, the storytelling standpoint, the hero standpoint. So it's it's going to be fun to see all these pieces kind of come together in the same series. And yes, I would love to see the Defenders in uh you know in infinity wars but how they're going to do that is going to be another problem in itself because they they can't really they they're not really on the same playing field as you know iron man or captain america but they are with hawkeye and and black widow yeah true so it's and you know um daredevil had a huge part in civil war the comic book so 
I, I think if it's done right, if the writing's done correctly and the, the introduction is, is not like kind of force feel is more organic. I think that it could work, but uh, I, I think right now we're having one of those Game of Thrones situations where it's telling us, no, no, these characters are never going to cross over and then come, you know, Infinity War Part 2 or whatever, we're going to, we'll, we'll probably see Matt Murdock and Jessica Jones and Iron Fist. That, that would be the hope. I, I would I would hope that it's, because Marvel always delivers to their fans. So that's what I'm I'm hoping for. Do they? Didn't we check, Didn't we just talk about them not delivering to their fans? Well, the I'm, I'm talking about in... I'm talking about in the MCU as, as far as the movie cinematic universe is concerned. <laughs> I didn't mean to bust your chops, but yeah, no. <laughs> I'm just got to call it out like I see it because, you know, they're currently not doing it in comic book form. Although what make, make sure everybody out there knows that when this airs Friday on the podcast radio network, and also if you're able to download it initially, remember Saturday is free comic book day. So please visit your comic book vendor and at, make sure you ask if they're going to uh, be able to, or if they are involved and, and are participating in that, because I think it's going to be a great way for people to get involved with the comic book scene. And, you know, if you've got loved ones out there who, who you think might be interested, I think it's a great way to get them started in, in the, in the comic book realm. So, and believe me, the comic book industry after what we talked about on our Monday show, definitely it needs it indeed. So your final thoughts on the Defenders, you, you think it's great and, and whatnot. You think it's going to be a very positive sign for the, the Netflix Marvel Universe. What do you see going forward for the Netflix Marvel Universe after Punisher and the Defenders, of course? Well, they've, they've already talked about Daredevil Season 3. They, they're setting up uh, another season of Jessica Jones. As far as I know, Iron Fist is going to get another season. Luke Cage will. Uh, how these characters are going to... Once, once they intertwine with each other, how they're going to make them disperse again is going to be interesting. But uh, because but they're, do you see any other characters being able to get their own series? I know Hawkeye has tried to sell himself as far as for a Netflix series. It's funny too because a lot of people were hoping Ghost Rider was get, would get his own series, but they're now using that character in Agents of Shield, which Agents of Shield hasn't ever really mentioned anything about these uh these street level heroes on the netflix series so i think they're kind of all over the place like i don't i don't know if they have a plan going forward i i know for the the main movie lines they do but as far as the netflix shows go i know we'll have the punisher and there there are all kinds of heroes they could add into the mix there but it was just do you see the inhumans getting a home there or are they going to stay on in abc or or the mcu I don't know. See, uh, uh, Inhumans, are they – they're on ABC, right? Is that what they were talking about? Well, I know they were originally – I thought it was a movie that, that was you know, originally on planned, on target for being in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and then it was strangely taken off. And then I heard maybe rumors that it's going to be in the ABC realm. So I think at this point in time, I would lean towards the ABC for them. But I think it would be a better fit in the Netflix Marvel Universe personally. Yeah, because the net, they have more freedom with the Netflix stuff. Like they go darker. They can because ABC, like even Agents of Shield, like it's not it's not very good production value compared to uh, the Netflix shows, which are more cinematic. The budgets are higher. The acting's better. And I think that's that's a big like turnoff for a lot of people when it comes to watching Agents of Shield. But Inhumans would would fit perfectly on that Netflix show or on the the Netflix Marvel stuff. Definitely, uh, you know, it's something to look forward to. Indeed, so uh, I like the way it's it's shaping up so far for the defenders, uh, and I'm hoping for more good things 
What are your thoughts out there on the Defenders, and where do you want the Netflix Marvel Universe to go? Do you want to see them involved in the Infinity Wars? Do you want them to stay separate? Let us know your thoughts, and, and also what characters would you like to see in the Netflix Marvel Universe series as well? PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com, also as well, Humanican Media, GameSource, and PopCultureCosmos on Facebook and Twitter as well. Well, before we head on out of here, one more last, uh, th- one more time, Josh, can you tell us what's going on with the wonderful universe known as Humanica Media? Right. We have the Super BS Gamescast, a new episode coming at you this week. Uh, you know, th- there are some other things in the pipeline. It's just a matter of scheduling and people and all that good stuff. So as soon as I know something, you'll know something. But uh, next week, we'll have a new What About This. And if you haven't yet, please download the new episode of What About This. You got to hear a, a, sh- a little snippet of it uh, earlier in this show. But please uh, go to iTunes, go to Podbean, uh, podcast.com, Google Play, you know, wherever you get your podcast from. Please go check out the latest episode of What About This because it is a really great episode. If you have any questions at all about our show, about our Monday show, if you want to send us a, a thoughts on, on- stuff to talk about we always are accepting it as well popculturecosmos at yahoo.com if you are out there and you're you want to hear more of us well tell you what we're always available like we said mondays and fridays and you can always download our shows at any time at your leisure on all those great downloadable channels so we truly appreciate it if you do so indeed so for josh peterson this is gerald glassford It's another beautiful day here in the PCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at ESONetwork.com. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentfoundnetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos as a special treat. We're adding a bonus episode, which starts right now. So sit back and relax as you enjoy more awesome goodness from the Pop Culture Cosmos family. And stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Welcome to episode five of What About This? Um, We kind of weren't sure what we were going to talk about this week um, or this episode, but Josh brought a really interesting topic to us. Um, Producer Josh from Humanica Media brought us an interesting topic about um, the Netflix series and young adult novel 13 Reasons Why. And how and when it is appropriate to use suicide in art. And so we we were talking about that and we went a bunch of different directions. We ended up talking about how to have conversations about difficult topics, especially surrounding mental health. And and a couple of the guys get some, you know, open up and be vulnerable about their struggles in certain areas. And what does it mean to be a part of a culture that kind of fears and, and pushes that off to the side and how we as people, we and, and, and sort of the five of us here can bring that back and, and really genuinely talk about it in a way that, that takes care of people who struggle with this um, and, and affirms them as people uh, that we, we shouldn't just shun them, but we should affirm them as the, the, the 
wonderful, loving uh, people that they are. Um, and so it ended up being a really good conversation. Um, and so I, we as a, as a group hope you guys can, I hope you as listeners can really take a lot out of this. And, and also be aware that we're not mental health professionals, so we may say some things that, that may not help. And, and be aware that we're, we're willing to sort of own up to that kind of stuff, but we're just trying to have the conversation. You guys want to add anything? Um, yeah, I was, it, it kind of came out of thin air. Yeah. We, to be honest, we were struggling with the topic. And um, this was uh, uh, Josh called a last minute audible. Yeah. And yeah. it ruled. Yeah, I think I think it was great. I think if you kind of liked the conversation from our last episode about short term missions, I think this one's a very similar type of conversation. It's a good follow up. So I think, um, yeah, and, and we have some exciting things planned in the future, but I think you guys are really going to enjoy enjoy this one. So, um, there's a, a show on Netflix now called 13 Reasons Why, and it's based off a book by, um, I can't remember the guy's name, but I don't want to, without, I know Kyle's in the middle of it, so I don't want to, like, give too much detail, yeah, but the, the story did. revolves around a girl named Hannah Baker who, she kills herself and she creates a series of audio tapes, and she sends the tapes out to each person who was involved in, like, who had a, a who was involved in her suicide, like, contributed to her suicide, and so the whole story, this kid's trying to unravel the mystery of this girl's death. But, uh, you know, the guy, I guess one of my beefs with it, the guy who wrote this is he never, he's never experienced, he wasn't, ne- he never like talked about how he was depressed. He never experienced like suicidal thoughts. It was based on somebody else's experience and he's writing it. So I'm, my big thing here is that why are we, two things why did it why did it take a Netflix show about someone who killed themselves to get people to finally start talking about suicide as an issue like we have if you notice on Facebook everyone's posting now the number for the suicide hotline number why did it take this for them to finally do it and is it just a fad and um why are we using suicide as like plot points because we have like Matthew Quick uh and other young adult artists um you know like Ned Vizzini who actually did kill himself yeah and um but why are we using it as like plot points and to like drive uh, viewing numbers and sell books? Like why we're painting this picture of depression and suicide like it's an accessory for people to just be used like, oh yeah, it's cool, you know, we're, we'll grow out of it eventually. Like it's a legitimate issue and we're, and it's not being handled very well by people. So, well, so there's a few, uh, there's almost like this good thing coming out of it, awareness. Yeah. Yeah, your conflict is feeling like these guys are using this really, maybe almost untalked about topic, this very sensitive topic to many different people who ever had a friend or family member or just having empathy and compassion on somebody. Um, and you're going, hey, is this is, is this ethical? <laughs> is this- yeah, exactly. Because, I mean... Like, in high school, like, I was super depressed, and I did yeah. have those thoughts where I was like, dude, what if I wasn't here anymore? Would anybody really, like, care? Yeah. And yeah. it's just, like, I remember trying to talk to people about it, and they'd be like, well, you know what, so, uh, depression is just, like, an absence of God in your life. I'm like, dude, that is such crap. <laughs> right. And, or a, they'll tell me, that's like... That's a whole other topic. Yeah. yeah. You have to yeah. get into yeah. Or yeah. they'll be like, why can't you just be happy? And I'm like, right. it's not that... It's not that simple. You know, it's yeah. not that simple, but... So, I, one of my questions, then... Um, and again, this is something that I talk about, not this, like with suicide, but with other 
topics is is your question more about or your problem with it more about the the use of suicide itself like any in any context or if we might call like the ethical use or like how they use it and how they talk about it. like does this one just sensationalize it is that the problem or does or are you even issue like the issue is like the, the the author has never experienced it so you feel like there's some sort of misunderstanding or appropriation of it i think that those two topics go hand in hand because if he's never experienced it but he's using it to make money off right. of it like it's yeah. it's just not being handled really well and there are people and in the meantime he's painting a picture of it like it's just like a normal teenage thing you know? right. so so think, so if he wasn't making any money off of it so this is a legitimate question he wasn't making any money off it, but he was creating in this culture where very emotional, we're, mm-hmm. we're driven by, we're, we're always a bit driven by story, but also the way in which we consume right, right. these days. Netflix, you yeah, know, is a very yeah. popular thing, social media. And so if he's not making money off it, but it's bringing finally awareness, because part of your problem is the frustration is that quote is like, you just, just be happy, which is impossible by the way. You can't just be happy, right, right. Yeah. and then uh, you just need God, and so no one's listening to your heart and what you're dealing with, and it's almost, is there a frustration at why why has no one cared, but all of a sudden, you're eating Cheetos and watch, binging on this Netflix series, because exactly. it's good for you, because it feels, because mm-hmm. you like it, and it's, it's well done, and all of a sudden you care, which is, there's a tension there, because you go, well, at least they're caring, but the frustration I'm asking is, is it that it took this for you to care about people really dealing with depression and potential su- suicide? Because I've known people, I've seen people hurt from people committing suicide and depression's a real thing. And so that's my question. Yeah, yeah, I, that, that's, I, that, that's what I was trying to get at. Yeah, like why did it take a Netflix series for people to all of a sudden start caring about other people? Because like, this, this is a huge issue, like that there's... Yeah, it, it, it's crazy that so many people experience this, but you know, no one has ever. And another thing, but if he's not making money, are you about it? Well, if if he is set out with the intention of bringing attention to suicide yeah, and not yeah. just to say, hey, you know, yeah. this is trending right now. People like these young adult novels where people are like talking about what mm-hmm. what I really like about the show. Actually, on an episode I watched last night. Um, I, um, there's like, you know, okay, first of all, it was also, I was very confused that, um, the episodes only go to like, it says like tape seven. I'm like, oh, there was 13 tapes. Are you serious? I'm not going to hear all the tapes in this one season, but I realized that they were double-sided tapes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, it's, so, I, well, I guess maybe, <laughs> maybe one, is one, one tape is only one side. I don't know. I'm not there yet. <laughs> um, but what what this guy said on the show last night was I was like yeah it's true is that like I think we don't um, uh, we we may be focusing uh, on the wrong thing which is he says I think we we focus so much on suicide prevention and we don't focus enough on like being kind to each other mm-hmm. and so and so what he's talking about there he's like we have we have all these posters that are like, you know, like it's not like it's not worth it. Like suicide's not the answer. Like, okay. but he's like, but we're, but he's like, but what we should be doing is there should be there should be posters that say like, 
don't like 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 I know it sounds childish, but like like be nice to each other. Yeah, right. There's a there's a but that doesn't but that doesn't help. That doesn't help, and because I'm ignorant to it, is this a, based on a true story or is he no? Just, it's not. Okay, so it's not based on a true story, but no. But I, okay. But I think this. What happens is there's a YouTube channel I like, and it's this nonprofit, and it has the best name. It's called Dude Be Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and what it is is like they go around to different schools and they find like a worthy like school staff member who like probably gets overlooked. And they just they just put on a whole thing mm. for him, and there's always to like celebrate, right? they're it's crying, cool, yeah. yeah, and I'm crying, and like uh, and and it's more like how often does that like get like could that change the direction and like how much that should be focused on instead of going directly to like a not not that it's bad because you do need it because people get past it but we focus so much on funding things like like suicide hotlines and things like that right. when maybe what 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 could be cool and, and i don't i don't know uh, i'm just thinking out loud here is is how much prevention could potentially be made if we if there was more funding and more attention going into things focusing on the yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my problem with that and <clears throat> I haven't watched the show but if if I hear it correctly I feel like what this guy's trying to do is show people that it's okay to to talk about these things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think that um, the reason I, I'm such a fan of things like the suicide hotline is is we're showing Everybody, no matter who you are, where, where right. you're coming from, hey, this doesn't have to be a taboo issue. Either. Right, right. That was, well, that no, was and I was, I would never hey, let the record show. No, I know. I, I, know. I am all for the suicide hotlines and suicide. You're prevention. saying both and. Right, I'm saying, both. I'm saying, but I think it would be really cool if more steps would be put in place to potentially affect people's lives before it goes that far. I, I actually, yeah. so my, my point yeah. was a little bit with Ryan is, is there is this issue that a, a lot of for a long time, uh, and really even today, like mental health is not addressed or, or talked yeah, about at all. Yeah, so yeah. in some sense, the idea that it's even a series is 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 good. My one of the other issues is whether it's doing it responsibly or not. Like, is it simply sensationalizing it? But yeah. the idea that that we need to reduce the stigma and so much about that happens when people see themselves in popular cultural things right so when you see like if you see someone not obviously suicide itself but if you see someone who's struggling with suicide ideations like it makes you feel i imagine less alone now again we need to be very careful about i i don't know enough about this to to say this is good or bad but you definitely need to be careful about how you do that it needs to come out of a place of honesty and and i still i struggle with someone who has never struggled with this idea writing a book about it because i think well, you don't really understand it on an interior level like you don't yeah, understand right. yeah. all of the ins and outs of this um and so i think representation of a, of a group maybe that you're not a part of is very very uh tough i'll say it that way or, or problematic if we want to use that sort of term yeah but I, is... I do think there's something to engaging the conversation and reducing stigma to people getting help and people having the conversation about mental health yeah i mean i'm all for like you know if you want to write a book about it like that's fine but you need to do it in a way that encourages people to talk about the issue instead of like saying yes because if you're if you're like confused about what you're feeling you're going to see something like oh uh you know i witnessed something like this so I must be suicidal, and all these kids are watching. Like, oh, okay, well, that's kind of happened to me too. So I must be. Like, I want to put out thirteen tapes. Yeah, and it's like no, yeah. that's not the point right. of this. No, I don't. I don't. Yeah, 
and you know the thing is, I don't think that that's what the show is is portraying. Uh, the halfway through it that I am, um, I think it's doing things like like look what we're doing right now, where we are, where we are talking about uh, suicide, and we normally wouldn't have talked about it. Um, and so I think what it is, is I think where this and I didn't to be honest I didn't even know it was a book <laughs> um, <laughs> we're be, all shocked I'm just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm like that why, tracks yeah <laughs> what yeah um, yeah what I, I, I think I guess what I'm trying to say is I think that he has created an avenue within popular media that we right. that, that yeah. we can't talk about Which, this again yeah. hopefully this this is working towards some sense of of reducing the idea like of, of getting people to, to talk about it and be okay saying like I struggle with mm. mental health issues or I struggle with suicide like I like in thoughts again we never want to encourage that obviously like get if that's something you struggle with get help talk to the suicide talk to people but we often just sort of shove mental health to the side yeah and people yeah. don't ever talk yeah. about it and then that's what leads to situations where a teenager feels like is your is, is your concern or your <laughs> frustration that like this whole thing could be very much so almost like glorifying and celebrating yeah. like using again like I think you're very clear using a right. very sensitive subject that that people have a hard time people have a hard time with other people's pain anyway because they don't like to think about their own pain right yeah so the reason most of the time unless you meet someone who understands you and then it's they feel embarrassed to talk about it because it's a taboo subject or whatever I'm not sure how it got there but it tends to be this thing where I don't want to admit that because because if I admit that I admit that it goes so counterintuitive to the narrative of be happy, yeah, and the, and like why aren't you happy? You should just be happy, and you see it throughout social media is like this is a happy day or like and and so I I guess is your fear your concern your frustration is like dude are you using this which is that you said very close maybe to your own heart is are you are you using this to somehow gain monetary and right, or just and, fame or yeah, yeah and yeah. if somebody is so there and here's, here's where I push back and I know what you're saying Kyle but is is this is where you have to be very careful with the topic like this right. because you have 13 year olds and 12 yeah. year olds and 16 year olds who are looking at this and they are lonely they are isolated yeah. and they want attention and all of a sudden like, I am that and then they can begin right. to stew and to marinate on these ideas because man look at all the attention this happens this happens actually right. look at all the attention that person's getting all, any means necessary to be validated to be loved to be liked to be accepted and so you're you're playing with fire. And now is right. this guy responsible for the parenting at home? No. But on some level, when you're when you're sending out that sort of content, but the knowing other, the access, yeah. yeah, there is it. There is a level of responsibility, right. unlike there the is. NFL player, <laughs> right? Who like <laughs> his life. I mean, but then again, there's an argument for that. No, I I I agree with you. I actually think artists do have. A big responsibility for their content. Like I, I think they are. I think they do need to be held accountable. I don't think they should just throw something out. And maybe this is what this one does, and I don't know. But you can't just use suicide as a convenient plot twist. Like that's not okay. Like, that's think, not. That's not appropriate. I think what I think what it's doing too, and I think this one series is opening up a whole new can of worms in terms of like what we as not just Americans but in the world like to watch. Right. And that like death is fascinating. And so when it's something like that and think about how much 
uh, think about like like horror movies right. like are all based around like death and usually like not in a normal way like right. it's kind of weird or even like or even watch like how we go and watch like war movies and things like that to where you go like this I think I think about it this way if you see a war movie that's PG-13 and you see a war movie that's R you go oh the R one's gonna be gnarly like yeah. like yeah. and realistically you're like that's the one that people are gonna like better because what it is is I think the concept and this is just one one aspect of it is that within entertainment because it is this kind of unknown this odd thing that death is very fascinating to us mm. yeah. are you are you suggesting because you now you're talking about you know death in another way or the way the things that we want to watch is that's another thing that we're not good with as a society is dealing with death. Right. The way we handle pain, suffering, mm. and death, and so is there almost this like subconscious like desire to or like a release of dealing with the fact because yeah. dealing with your own death one yeah. day. I think it's it's, what, it's I what, think it's kind of like this. I think that there is a both a you could call it a fascination. You could call it if we're being honest. Uh, you can call it a darkness within right. us, where that is, or death, and especially, especially, I think, like I was saying with the war movie, if it's a little bit gruesome, like I'm not talking about a death scene in a movie where somebody is laying on a bed and closes their eyes, is like you hear about that, Same and I night. think, yeah, the 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 darkness or slash intrigue within you is like, I want to see that. Like, well, uh, I mean, honestly, this I don't want to nerd out too much, but this is going back to really ancient Greece again. Um, Aristotle says this is catharsis, right? This is literally it's a purging of emotions, and yeah. in fact, I think if you really look at the Greek translation, it's like throwing up. So it's like literally you're you're watching this so you can kind of throw up your like emotions, pro- like process what like, you're feeling. Yeah, down. right. So yeah. it, it allows you, it allows because like because honestly, I don't want to go to war. But I can experience war, and I can experience the emotions and the trauma of war. Not to discount people who've gone through it, but like mm. I can experience that through through these through this dramatic rendering of it, and I can experience that and keep and still like, well, what, okay, you know, so, you know keep distance. So you're from making it. me think about American Sniper, Chris Cotton, mm-hmm. and that was an anti-war film, right? Yet what did everyone do? I think that I I think we sold more American flags right. than on the back of trucks, right. like, right. and and you're watching that, and to be honest, I walk. Anytime I walk out of a war movie or a film like that, in my head I go, I don't, want, I don't want to do, I don't want to do that. No, but there's another part it, of me right? that goes, like, goes pay, I could like, do that. Like I'm gonna go right. enlist or what? You know, and yeah. I'm, not, I'm not making a judgment call on anybody in the military as much as I'm going. I don't really want to do that. And then is it been glorified to me since I've been young? Right. To where there's this weird internal conflict of like, I know that I don't want to do it, but I do want to be Jason Bourne. You know what I mean? Like, but no, I don't want to kill anybody. Right. And so yeah. there is this kind of feel, right. this feel of this catharsis type, right. and because nobody will talk about it, because everyone's afraid to talk about suicide. Yeah. Just give it to God, Josh. Yeah, and yeah. you're like, huh, what is how that do mean? we get there? Yeah. <laughs> right. so, so all that to yeah. say, I think what this guy is doing is capitalizing on a topic that he knows. Is very drawing to, especially um, like American media. And I think yeah. that's why, from what I've seen about the discussion, I think that's why people think it feels gross. Like it's just like this it, guy. It seems sensationalizing. It, it seems feels, like it's just sensationalizing yeah, suicide to me. Like, right. I I read the book. I haven't watched the Netflix series, mm-hmm. but I did read the book, and 
uh, from what I under like the trailers I've seen of the Netflix series are basically taking this topic and turning it into something like you see on the CW, like a right. Vampire Diaries or something mm-hmm. like that. And it's like that's what really gets me, you know, upset about it is that it's you are they are sensationalizing it to right. draw people into watching. Well, and here's the question: Are people really beginning to care? About it, or are they just posting about it? That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, that's what right. I'm saying. Yes, yeah. exactly. We, yeah. We, yeah. We've become a generation, and, and what it's almost as I as I kind of study social media outlets is you see this community of people, and they like what you posted, but there's no actually movement past the liking what you posted. Like, you know, that was powerful what you just said. Mm-hmm. But there's no action behind the, right. the post. Yeah. Do, you remember, do you remember the meme that I showed you uh, of a? It was a Simpsons character, with Ralph. A, yeah, with the flag. Yeah, with the <laughs> with the French flag over his face, and it said, "I'm helping." that's a perfect. That's a perfect yeah, example of what a, I'm getting there's at. There's a tragedy is, in France, so change your profile picture to yeah, the French yeah, flag. Yeah, we're all so united. Okay. Like, how? How are you united? How are you doing anything right. for that cause? And so the, the the fear is this is one more this is one more presidential race of a bunch of people going and they're not doing anything. Like if you've noticed, no one there's very few people still arguing and talking about it except for the real deal people that are about that that care right. about politics. Right. Yeah. The rest of everybody else just wanted to say something down to the right. fifth grader, right? Yeah. Who just was like, I hate him and I hate her and so now you're going, dude, what are you actually doing? And unless you right. actually have facts, which I don't know if you do, you're just kind of exploring this. Like, what is his motive? Do we know his motive? What do we know about him? And what is he, is he causing, is he, is he intentionally causing harm? But also you got to be careful because, well, you know, your good intentions right. I would say it might be very harmful. I would say it doesn't necessarily even matter what his intentions are per se, we, right. we somewhat have, like once an artist sort of publishes something or puts something out there, like they have to, That's they don't, they, they don't necessarily have to take responsibility for every way someone like, views it because I don't think that's fair to them either. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you have to be aware, like what did this do, and if it didn't do what you accomplished it to do, like maybe you can come out and say like that wasn't like I what that wasn't where it was going, even though it went there. Like it doesn't matter per se, but. But we, we do have to have some sort of responsibility of thought process before we put something So, out. okay, so yeah. I don't know if you guys heard about I just heard about this yesterday. It was, there was these uh, two teenage kids, really sad, actually, story about suicide. And I believe I, I believe it was the, the girl faked a suicide yes. yeah. Yeah. Um, online. Mm-hmm. And her boyfriend did this kind of, um, did this like Romeo and Juliet yeah. heroic thing, quote unquote, based on that story narrative where... He ends up actually taking his life, and, and was, now she is being potentially tried right. as and responsible. Her, and her friends, because her, her friends were like sending him messages too to like do the same thing. Well, they were young, right? They're in it the was a joke. School, right? It was supposed to be a joke. Yes, they're I think twelve or thirteen, or right? Something yes, like it was thirteen. Yeah. And so now you're having. So now, now what we're looking at is, I'm, I'm sorry, but like the the. Um, the steps to the steps to writing a letter or calling your friend right. or whatever is extremely different 25 years ago than right. today, where it's like tune in live right now right. and you can see me do this, right. and it's 
right? And so, well, I guess this is maybe this is kind of where I think we can land, like not land, but where where I think the discussion is heading. It's like suicide as entertainment and suicide as like yeah. exploration of like what is it about? Why do we do it? Like what what is there? And like using that as a way to inform artistic expression in a very real, emotional, tangible way against, let's just throw a suicide in there because people want to see people that. people like it, yeah. It's like, that's, those are two very, very different things, and yeah. I think we need to keep that in mind. Yeah, when we're, yeah, because especially, like, the, there, because there's so much of it now. Right. Every, like, every young adult book, every, like, you know, TV series that is catered mm-hmm. towards, uh, like, a teenage audience, it, uh, they're all starting to do the same. Yeah. Right. And, so, and, like, so I think a good question... My question for you, Josh, um, because we've talked about this, we're both a fan of using story to to give our message, to to bring our message to the world. Um, And that's something that you and I are both passionate about. Um, And so I look at this and I go, okay, this guy could be, I haven't watched it or listened to it or read it or anything. He could be trying to to do that, right? He could be trying to... um, take this issue that stays in the dark a lot and shine some bright lights on it um, and, and hopefully hopefully bring it to the light. Now, um, whether or not he's doing it right or Well, but or to a generation that that's, that is, on some level, how we learn these days and how we are mm-hmm. moved right. as... I would say it's how we always learn. At an emotional level. So um, I guess the question would be, um, as, as a group of people that love story and love yeah. using story to, to shine light on difficult topics. Um, talk a little bit about, about where you see um, him getting off and, and where you see him going wrong and um, right. how you would like to, to see it addressed more uh, fruitfully. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like, I don't want to spoil because <laughs> Kyle's like Kyle, you're in the yeah. middle of it. But um, also for any of our listeners, who any might of our be listeners, watching but it too. yeah, it's true. So spoiler alert: if you haven't watched he, it yet. Yeah, probably, skip forward or, or end the end now. I, I guess the thing is, like, he gets to a lot of points, like in his story. I because I, I tried to do some research on the author last night, just because I was curious about it. And from what I understand, he said that he based this off of somebody else's experience. Okay, but um, yeah, a lot of the things that were in the book were just like. They're, they're normal high school things that you see, like, and so we're basically saying, okay, well, this is normal, but what it's doing is it's making people who might be experiencing these things look at something like that and say, oh, well, since that's happened to me, I must be depressed or suicidal or, right. like, it's yeah. making, like, making them wear it as, like, an accessory. They're like, oh, yeah, it's just, it's no thing at all. So, I, I mean, I guess it's good that it's encouraging a conversation, but at yeah. the same time, like, at what cost? At almost. what cost? Like yeah. it's yeah, man. It, it, it it's a double edged sword. Like it yeah. could do yes. it does harm and it does good at the same time. I guess. So mm-hmm. maybe let me ask you this: um, in that season of your life, what would you have wanted to hear from us or from whoever? I would have wanted to hear like, "Hey, you're you're not alone in, in mm-hmm. this type of thing." Like yes. this, I would want I wanted to have a, an honest conversation with somebody, yeah. but at the time it was such a topic that like they're like oh you you know you belong you need to go see a therapist or something or you need to go see a psychiatrist and my you know my parents wouldn't talk about it with me they they always want to know what was wrong but as soon as I would elaborate they'd be like okay well I've I've heard enough from you you need to go to therapy or Mm -hmm. like there's and uh so you just wanted to stop getting passed on to the next person yeah I just wanted somebody to have an honest conversation Uh, with me about it so in a way you feel like we're kind of hiding behind well we'll just throw a Netflix series out and then we'll be good yeah is that kind of where the the anger is coming from yes exactly like we need to actually 
encourage dialogue about yeah. this stuff instead yeah. of just like yeah, with each other and not because they're not bad but you're going hey mom and dad hey buddy like hey, I'm friend. throwing my hey, like let's like let's five talk about this and yeah. not go yeah Josh why don't you go up it's therapy. Yeah, like yeah, you know, I'm, you know, I'm like, done yeah. talking to you. Just, just go to therapy. Like, well, I think, I think it's, yeah. I think it could be this too. Is because it's also suicide is such a sensitive thing mm-hmm. that nobody wants to be the person that that has the conversation and says the wrong thing. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. Like, yep. They're like, I'm yeah. afraid that if nobody wants to, nobody wants to come alongside that person because they don't want to be totally. the person yeah. who 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 didn't take care of it the right which, way. Which which is your 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 you're tapping into something else. Is there's an assumption that you need to come up with this very articulated yeah, sense that's going to solve their problem right. in our desperate need to fix a person. Yeah, a person that's the hero complex all over. Person, yeah. Which says a whole nother thing about our culture right. is, is, and I just had this conversation and we, you know, we were even talking about homelessness is <laughs> stop thinking you're going to go and talk to a person who is homeless and in their head, they're thinking, um, I have to be. Able, I have to say the right thing that's going to change their life and get them off the street. And it's like right. that's not even what they're looking for. Right. I think that's what you're saying. Yeah, but it's also yeah. speaking to our inability to just sit with people's because it's uncomfortable. Totally. But why is it uncomfortable? We've created this uncomfortability in our culture where we go, oh, like uh, that's uh, that's shocking. that's that's a that's a therapist job, and it's like that's a human's <laughs> job. Right. That's a person to person job. Therapist, great. Love yeah. therapy, counseling, great. I would advise that to anybody. However, what I'm saying is, the general population needs to learn how to there's, just kick it not, and sit and listen. Right? There's yeah. not. It's not a. It's not a zero sum game. Like yes. someone can be going to therapy and you can treat them as a human. Like right. that's not. You yeah. don't have to have yes. one or the other. Yeah. Or I wouldn't be. You know. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. And Josh kind of hit the nail over the head yeah. by saying, "Just I. It would be nice for people just to." ask me questions and listen to me right yeah you know, like we've just i i think we've right. lost the art of being human mm-hmm. right. we, we've lost the art of having these types of conversations and kyle i like what you're saying where we there's almost this like I, this false guilt yeah or, or this hero complex of well if i'm gonna go into this then uh, i better come out like victoriously right, right. It's, it's like just, no it's it's so much deeper right. than that so just go and be with them in, in those moments is yeah, that, exactly. that, that, that kind of yeah job? that's absolutely yeah. 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 and it the, seems like this, this series doesn't do that really it doesn't allow for that to happen it, it i mean i you know or the book or the series the, yeah, yeah. it's just it to me like it just looks like a kind of because when I had my little brother and his like hipster girlfriend come up and like constantly recommend this this series to me, I just like I know that their motives is not right. that they care about suicide at all. They're just they're looking at it as like a something like oh yeah, it's you know, pretty it's little just, liars with suicide. Yeah, they're like murder. this is trending right now. It's so got and all the gossip and stuff. Like it, it basically is pretty little liars or you know whatever is playing on the CW. Right. That's I, that's the thing that gets me yeah. about it. I guess. Sorry, I interrupted you. Go. Yes. Oh no! I was saying I was just yeah agreeing with agreeing with Ryan about how like everybody and kind of what Travis saying is that the the rub is nobody wants to be the person to come alongside because they feel that they're not the one qualified to solve the problem. Right. When yeah. when like what you're saying, Josh, and what you're saying, Travis, that that's hey, you don't solve the problem by being the one to solve the problem. Right. You solve the problem by just being. 
there right. a yes. lot of times. Yes, yeah. you don't need to solve the right. Problem. I would say <laughs> that's, that's assuming the person like that's assuming the person is the problem, and sure. that's like you don't sure. solve a person. Like you just yeah. Yeah. you let the person like express themselves to you and like try to try to help them work through that as best as you can. Mm-hmm. Like just be there for them, yeah, just, and that's yeah. And at the same time, don't be like don't instantly go. Therapy, therapy right. is the only way to fix this problem because it makes them feel like a freak too. Like it's, right. you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a whole other yeah. educational side of it. Is the person who feels the need to say something to fix the person, right? Is is also marred by this weird cultural phenomenon where we fear talking about anything, and and it's also like, man, like, yeah. There's this also like you might say something wrong. You can have a humility, like, "Hey, I'm sorry. I just don't fully understand." Which is even teaching them to walk into it. It's like, "Hey, I don't fully understand what you're going through. Can you tell me? Can you explain to me?" Right. And then that person who's going through it have enough grace, if you will, or humility to go, "Yeah, why do I expect you to understand this? Right. I can educate you now." And so it's like this, this, this up here where we got to educate from here. Those two different people that are going to sit side by side and learn from one another, so they could so they could both understand where this person is coming from. I don't forget this guy lost his. This is a pastor who lost his son, and people would come up to him and say like, "Oh, I'm so sorry that what happened to you. You know, we've just lost our dog." Yeah. And he goes, "Yeah." He goes. I don't care about your dog, right? Because you just equated my son to your dog. Well, and, yeah, and, uh-huh. and really, what happens is when you're trying to fix someone or you're trying to, even the whole therapy thing, I think maybe get there eventually. But like, the, if yeah. that's your first reaction, the the my dog decide it's making it about you. Yeah. It's not making it yeah. about them. Like you are standing in front of them saying like, oh, your problems are really about me. Uh-huh. But not like it, not my not your problems are something I want to care for and 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 sort of nurture with you and what it's I'm saying like you're is, making it about me what I'm yeah. saying is we gotta be also mindful of the person who says dude my dog just died is th- again their intent right their intent is yes. like I'm trying right. somehow but they also don't know how right and exactly. why don't they know how it's not their fault necessarily no. so no. no one's talking about these things up here <clears throat> yeah. so the masses are just trying to like yeah, dude, I know my lizard died. You're like, oh, what? Your lizard, like my human just died. And so, <laughs> so you kind of go like, I think you missed it. And But even that person, that person has to, again, this is a coach, I know, is like understand that the masses don't know how to deal with it. And I, right? think, I think what we need to do, um, I think what we need to be able to do is just when we're confronted with something like this, like cancer, suicide, like people who've gone through it, death, I think we need to be okay saying like, you know, I'm sorry. I don't know what to say right now. Like, I literally, I, there's nothing I can say that's going to make this better. I don't know what to say because it's a really difficult situation. I'm just going to sit here with you. Like, and I'm so, just going to sit here and so be with a you. A lot of time, when I was in a the really, I'm not comparing this to suicide, uh, but when I was in a really thick battle of OCD, yeah, um, and and it, I mean, emotionally, it really was bothering me. Yeah, I would talk to people. And most times, I there there were some people that they would just start going, they would just start going on and on. And so uh, I loved that they were trying to help me. But I would tell some people, I said, "I'm going to tell you some things that are going on in my mind, 
and really all I need is for you to tell me that I'm normal and that I'm okay. Yeah, all I need is I just need an affirmation from a right. voice that's not my own yes. in right. my head yes. that I'm all right. So, so you and I, I remember having conversations with you and I remember looking back over the weeks and the months of us having conversations and going, Dude, I remember think trying to like, cause I was like so desperate to like connect with you and mm-hmm. to quote unquote, like help you diffuse some of the, like you're saying those thoughts, like I'm normal. And I remember, I remember just by myself going, shoot, like I think I might've said some things that I was trying to help. And I remember then I was, and I desperately was like, I don't get what you're saying. Uh-huh. And I, and, and so it was a very cool learning for me to yeah. express to I me remember those conversations. what was going yeah. on. Yeah. And I am very much so like fascinated and interested in care. Uh-huh. But I even remember like, I can, I, I vividly remember there was a little bit of frustration in you. Right. There's like, no, but you're not listening. And it's like, you know I was, but I needed you to teach me. Uh-huh. Right. I needed you to show me what I was missing. Yeah. And I think it takes a person, and I'm not like patting myself on the back, but it takes a person, uh-huh. a desire to understand uh-huh. what that right. individual is trying to communicate and you going, you going in a nice way like, shut up, man. Just listen. Yeah. And, right. but like, I needed to know, and I think you showed me over time uh-huh. how to, how to operate and just to like, oh, okay. So it's, I, you can't just do this. It's not that simple. Cause I'm coming from a place of, I don't understand you. Right. And so right. a lot of times yeah. too, if you try and solve the problem without, right. without understanding, understanding, you're like, yeah, that's not it. Well, a lot of, <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, I feel like I'm getting more frustrated <laughs> But I also have to remember that you you're not you're not here in my head of yes. what I've already like been working through. Really all I need from you is to go, yeah, you're okay. Yeah, like, you, yeah, you know what's yeah. funny and too. I'm like, and I'm like, yeah. you're you're trying to like or yeah, anyone trying to, who's trying to come up with this whole monologue mm-hmm. and this whole solving thing when really all I need like is that one sentence. And right. I might need yeah. that one sentence like every, every day. day for, yeah. yeah. But but that's all I need. You know what's yeah. funny about yeah. this though, is like is so I've been to counseling. I went to marriage counseling, all that sort of stuff. Um, So the funny thing is like, I think part of the problem is when someone says like, oh, you need to go to therapy. It's like, I don't want to listen to you. Go to pay that person to listen to you. Like, cause that's what, literally that's what they, like counseling is they ask you questions, they listen to you and then they have knowledge behind it. So I'm not saying like that's a bad thing because they, they've studied, you know, OCD. They've studied. It's a space too. Right. So they can do that. But they start with questions. They start with like, so you're, we are not health care professionals we're not mental health professionals but i can still ask questions absolutely yeah. i can still ask, like yeah. i'm sorry like how does it like what's going on with you like how does that how do you feel <laughs> yeah, right now like this doesn't like, hasn't gone through everything every patient they've had no but, and through, they, so they have some they have that. some deep yeah. knowledge that they can then pull from understandably Eventually, but like i, I yeah. can i can just sit here and ask questions to kyle to josh and, and, and like that's maybe that's all they want like maybe, and then i can say you know what yeah that's tough like yeah like that seems it normal really, to me it really yeah. is and like yeah. at the end of the day like we just want, you know, people in that position just want somebody to listen to them. They, right. they don't, they, and at the same time, they don't want them to go like, oh, you're thinking about that? That right. sucks. Like, yeah. you're like, well, it's like, it's yeah. like being, yeah. I, I learned how to be at funerals, I think, because I've been doing, right. you know, being, yeah. doing what I do, being a pastor, you go to funerals and, and you hear this, it's going to be okay. And I go, stop telling them. No. Yeah. They yeah. just lost someone they, they love. What do you mean? It's good. What's going to be okay? Yeah. Like, are they going to learn? Can you help them learn to accept all of their life? Yes. 
but what do you mean it's going to be okay? Right. It's almost going to be okay. It's not, it's not okay. Right. right. And so you're yeah. trying to dismiss their pain. And once again, it's because we don't know how to do this. And there's actually, this goes back to post-war where where a whole, whole, <laughs> whole generation uh, would not expose children to funerals and to death. And they were trying children because they were trying to deal with their own. They didn't right. know how to deal with their own. There's much more to say about that. But just this whole idea is the dismissing, right. ill-advised ill-advised dismissing of your pain. Like they don't understand what they're doing while they're doing it. They, right. they, they're, they're confused. And so it's asking great questions. Mm. And then down the road, the therapist, yeah. like you, Keith, I go to marriage counseling and we call it preventative medicine. And it's right. like a, a space for us to have a third party person to listen right. and to go, Hey, here's some tools. Mm-hmm. Right. Here's some advice. And it's a brilliant right. space. And there's yes. something about that space with a good friend who listens where you can, you feel that's one of the, what is one of my favorite things to do is to to throw out some of the most bizarre, weird thoughts with your buddies, with your buddies, and go you too, mm-hmm. or oh man, that's interesting, you know, well, and just and making people feel normal that they had these thoughts, though nothing was going to come about these thoughts, yeah, but they just popped in because we can't control it. You know, and you know what's funny too is because um, like when friends are like, no, 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 you should go see a therapist. Um, Actually, in my case, <laughs> um, and I think I think this was an isolated incident. I don't sure. think I don't think this is saying anything overall about counseling. My therapist asked me a lot of damaging questions. Yes, that and, and actually kind of kind of sent me into a spiral a little bit um, and made me start being more and more anxious. That that was solved and 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 diffused. By close friends, they were yeah. able because because at that point I didn't really want somebody to ask me all those questions. I just wanted somebody that I had mutual care for mm-hmm. to to listen. Um, and so so it's the learning. There's there's good therapists and there's bad therapists. Yeah, yeah. Is it, is it, well, <laughs> there's good this, friends. Yeah. There's this I'll say this too. I'll say this too. The place where I went, um, they they were they gave me an intern. And they said, no, 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 he's good. He was just like, but it was a guy who was like trying to like, he was working on his hours and it, it, it didn't go well. It yeah. was, it, yeah. and, and again, I think it's an yeah, I remember, I, and I remember that and I was sitting there going, I'm not a professional, but I know that's wrong. Right. You yeah. Know, I, you know, and I, and, and that's only because I think of what I focus and study on and, and have heard, but I remember that was a, that was a huge huge battle that you had and you're like dude I don't know if this is like good right right because I was like well because I was dealing with that I was dealing with the issue too I was like man everybody's telling me to go to therapy but like but this guy this guy's messing me up this is therapy yeah (laughs) Yeah. Uh and I think that's why we have to acknowledge like therapy like we want like people therapy and counseling is great but like Obviously, there can still be bad ones. So, so I it's think it's a comprehensive if, thing, if, right? And that's why I mean, like, it's it. a holistic yeah. thing. Like, you can't just shove people off to therapy and say, like, I don't want to deal with you with this. So, go talk to someone else. Because, like you said, we don't, especially if you've never been to therapy, like, you don't know what that really means. Like, you don't know. Like, if you've never been to counseling, like, just by recommending it, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll say, like, I also, um, I mean, I go to CR as well. It's like if you've never been to like a recovery program, like. Re- recommending a recovery program to someone is maybe not the best thing that you can do because you don't know anything about that program. So it's yes. like, yeah, you need this. It's like, you don't know what I need. Like, you're, yeah. you haven't even sit, sat down to listen to me yet. 
So how do you, how could you possibly tell me is that this what is I what need? I need? Yeah, is yeah. that what I need? Are you sure? Yeah. It's like you just need to you want to not listen to me. So yeah. you're telling me go don't talk to them. It also like paints a picture too. Like say you go through therapy and you know you, you start getting this thing under control, but then you go back out to like your parents or friends or whatever. You it's it just created a standard where you don't want to talk to them about anything. So you start isolating yourself, and then while you're helping the problem, you're also feeding the problem. So it just mm-hmm. You know, it creates kind of a, an avalanche, I guess, of other things to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say that, I mean, this started in one place and it's kind of ending in another a little bit, but I think it was cool, is that my my bottom line would be, would be don't, don't be afraid to interact with somebody who's struggling, uh, yeah. feeling like you have to be the one who solves it, just when really the best way to solve it is to interact. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. To interact. Absolutely. And I, what I would add to that is, is it's, I understand how difficult it could be for, right. for our society to deal right. with pain, with suffering, with death. We, we have, you know, sociologists and anthropologists and mm-hmm. everyone, all the specialists would tell you that we're one of the most, we are the least prepared. Right. Um, society maybe known a man in dealing with right. in dealing with these issues and what I usually coach people on and counsel people on is entering into the process of learning to deal with your own pain yeah, and not being afraid of that place of pain mm-hmm. and um, walking through those things in your life no matter and like you said Kyle earlier I'm not comparing I'm using it's relative right like, right. like we don't have to we don't have to minimize your issue mm-hmm. With another's issue, we don't have to even, we don't have to look at, um, well, that's worse, so let's not talk. It's kind of like right. this. Well, it's it's like, kind of what people it's like, say. It's like your example, like with the with the guy whose son died and the guy whose dog died. It doesn't mean the guy whose dog died isn't having right. a really hard time. Yeah, right, it's exactly. Many, yes, exactly. And so what we don't do, it, it's also telling people not to worry about their, their little petty problem because there's kids starving in the world. Right. And the kid yeah. goes, well, I'm not starving. So my problem is this. Can you help me with my problem? Right. And I, and I think if we create a culture in which we're learning to deal with our own pain, right. we now become, we, we become used to, we, we be, we're okay with pain and now we're able to deal with our friends, our families, our strangers' pain right. and walk with them and... And, and yeah, and, and, and it's just, it's a culture that is missing, right. I, I would say. And so that, like you said, is I just need someone to listen right. and maybe to affirm that, no, you're not, or yes, you are like, mm-hmm. remember that. Yeah, and that, right. that is something that shapes who you are right. as well. Yeah. I, yeah. I would say, I think one of the big things I t- I've taken away in the last few years, uh, really a year and a half or so. Um, and the conversations I've especially had with you guys is like, sometimes you just need to sit and listen to people. Yeah. Whatever it is. And in this case, especially with mental yeah. health issues, you just need to sit and listen to people and let them talk to you. Mm-hmm. And because really what that means, what you're doing in that, and I think both Josh and, and Kyle have said this, is like, you're affirming them as a person, yeah. which yeah. is what they really want. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. They don't need you to fix them. Uh, and, and I think in some ways that's even the wrong language because right. like, they're not a person to be fit. Like they're right. a person. Like they're I, just a human. Yeah, I just absolutely. need, I needed people to affirm the identity that I knew was true, right. but I was feeling within myself that it wasn't right. true. And yeah. so something along the lines of that too was uh, what I, and it, and it all takes, again, it takes coaching. And right. like yeah. it is what I had to coach some people on is, um, 
uh, I would have some people that would constantly, all the time, they were texting me multiple times a day, and like, or like asking me every day, like, "How you doing? Are you all right? How you yeah. doing?" Which, which is, which I recognized their motive, and it was very kind and it right. was very caring. And so sometimes to them, I, I I had to tell them at one point that um, like, "Thank you so much for reaching out and talking to me." Um, how about this? Um, if I feel like talking about it. I'll let you know. Yeah, absolutely. Which is great. Which is great, right? Yeah, because you're right. instructing them, you're educating them, and you're also, you know, you could be feeling like, man, you're kind of making me feel worse, even right. though your motive is good. Which goes back to Josh's, like, you know, what right. was the series? Thirteen, uh, thirteen reasons. Thirteen why. reasons why. And so, you know, so, man, to you bringing this up is very, very informative, very helpful. And right. as you were having this discussion, and that is our hope that other people would enter into these difficult discussions, right. these discussions that a lot of people don't want to think about, they don't want to talk about because they're scared. They don't want to say the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't want to be looked at as, you know, and so... Yeah, I think it's all about just read the person. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I, uh, so ne- we're, I just want to close things out with this quote yeah. from Ned Vizzini. He's a, you know, he writes a bunch, he wrote, he's dead now, he wrote a bunch of young adult novels. His mm. most popular one was It's Kind of a Funny Story. And he sums up, like, suicidal feelings in this. He says, it's so hard to talk when you want to kill yourself. That's above and beyond everything else. And it's not a mental complaint, it's a physical thing. Like, it's physically hard to open your mouth and make the words come out. They don't come out smooth and in conjunction with your brain the way normal people's words do. Mm. They come out in chunks as if from a crushed ice dispenser. You stumble on them and they get as they gather behind your lower lip, so you just keep quiet. He, uh, he actually jumped off of a building and mm. killed himself, leaving his wife and kid behind. So it's... You know, this is why it's such like a dangerous topic. Like we need to, yeah, we need to dialogue about it, right. but at the same time, we need to be very careful with it, especially if you're using yes. it for entertainment. Right. Yeah. Is yeah. I guess that's like the, the summary of what I was trying to get at with this yeah. whole thing is just you know it, we need to encourage conversations, encourage a dialogue, but don't sensationalize sensationalize it into something that's like a a television show that makes it seem normal, like they're using it as an accessory for pushing plots forward or uh, making money it's right it's something that needs to be talked about absolutely yeah all right if you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games we can help Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. you do listen to us and uh, follow us on all the social medias like us on facebook like us uh, follow us on twitter like humanican media follow them um and our twitter handle is uh at w-a-t underscore podcast and then humanica media yeah just uh 
uh, Humanica, just at Humanica Media. And that's, uh, All right. And, and we'd love to hear your comments, your feedback, anything like that. Follow us. Give us a shout out. Um, respond let, to us. Let, let, us, let us know what you want to hear. Yeah, let us know what you want to hear. Let us know what you think about this episode. We're, we're, we want to know um, everybody's feedback. Um, wherever that takes place, wherever you find us, let us know what you think. That's uh, to us people that can feel things, it, it, uh, it hurts.